No one disputes that Michael Draca fatally shot Marcus McLaughlin. After all, you can see that on the surveillance video that ignited a national debate over Florida's stand-your-ground law. The question at Draca's manslaughter trial is whether he pulled the trigger in fear for his life. Here's what Draca told the county sheriffs in an interview after the shooting. I'm thinking he's coming to do the rest of it. Did you see him with a firearm? No, sir, I didn't see him with anything. Okay, what do you mean the rest of it? Whatever beating was coming after okay. that. So you thought he was going to beat you and stuff? You're not kidding. Okay, all right. So if he can't hit me that hard to begin with from, from blindside from the get-go, what else should I expect? My guest is former federal prosecutor George Newhouse of Theodora Oringer. George, explain the stand-your-ground law in Florida. Uh, good, good morning, June. Uh, the stand-your-ground law in Florida is an unusual statute. Um, it basically provides that a person who is not otherwise engaged in unlawful activity and who is who is in a place where they have a right to be and who is then attacked, as uh, Draca says he was attacked here, does not have a duty to retreat if that's available to him, and he can stand his ground and defend himself um, indeed with force, uh, which in this case was, of course, deadly force. Uh, the use of deadly force has to be reasonable under the circumstances um, but the key part of that law is under the common law, if you were attacked and you had an avenue of escape, you could retreat safely, you were required to do that and you would not be able to interpose a defense of self-defense. So that's a, the Florida statute, um, and that's currently in play. So Draca's attorneys told CNN that they won't be using stand your ground during the trial, but instead they'll argue that he acted in self-defense. How is that different, and why wouldn't they use the other law? Well, it's an interesting question because the, the Florida statute has another interesting provision that actually provides for immunity. So if you can, if a defendant can show reasonable, the court, reasonable cause that, that he was attacked and that um, he responded in the way that he did with deadly force in order to save himself, um, in some cases, you can actually convince the judge to throw the criminal case out. It doesn't even go to trial. Um, the reason why they're probably not using it in this case was clearly his only defense is self-defense. And um, I, I don't think the, the elements of stand your ground apply. The man was sitting on the ground. He never got up. He just took his gun out and he fired it. And we heard in that interview w with the county sheriffs, he said he was afraid he was get, going to get beaten. He didn't say that he was afraid for his life. Does that make a difference? It, it makes a huge difference. And you, you pinpointed on the weakness in the defense case. Yes. In other words, if you are afraid of being beaten or even seriously attacked, um, you do not have the right to, in any state, including Florida, to use self-defense. So if someone, as in this case, pushes you to the ground, you can't just whip out your firearm, which you had a legal right to carry, and fire away. You have to be concerned or have reason to believe that deadly force is coming next. And there's nothing that I've seen in the videotape or in the facts that would indicate that he had a reasonable concern that his life, it's either life or, you know, a serious infliction of dangerous bodily harm or the protection of others. None of that appears to be the case here. So that's his weakness. Prosecutors are going to be allowed to call an African-American truck driver who says that Draca threatened him and to shoot him months earlier in a confrontation over that same parking spot. Isn't that very prejudicial? Why would the judge allow that? 
Well, it's not clear the judge will allow it. That kind of evidence is called bad prior acts. And generally, courts exclude bad prior acts for the reason you just mentioned, June, because it is hugely prejudicial. If that evidence is introduced, it virtually guarantees that the defendant will be convicted because the jury will assume that his actions in this case were in accordance with his past, which was he apparently had this this thing for this particular parking lot. And in fact, they may infer racial animus. And if they think that he was doing it uh, for racial reasons, then he will almost certainly be convicted. So it will be a controversial ruling. My prediction is if the judge lets that in, uh, he'll probably plead, plead out. You mentioned uh, race coming in. You have a, a white man shooting a black man in Florida, and you know we've seen this before. Is race necessarily going to come in? How will the judge try to restrict any mention of it? Well, that's a, a great question because, of course, there isn't any, at least that we've seen in the video, isn't any evidence that race was a factor. They, they got in this dispute over the parking the parking stall, and I think the judge will give provide jury with jury instructions that this is not about race unless there's evidence indicating that the attack was racially motivated. Um, again, that kind of evidence would be, again, hugely uh, prejudicial. In other words, the defendant would, would have no chance of prevailing. So the judge will tell the jurors this isn't about race. It's about uh, an assault and whether or not the defendant, Draco, has a right to interpose the, the defense of self-defense. And that's what you should focus on, he'll tell the jurors. We've often discussed the most important question for the defense attorney and the defendant during a trial is whether or not the defendant's going to take the stand in his own defense. How will that factor in here? And with him putting forward a self-defense argument, does it almost force him to have to testify to explain himself? Another great question. One would think that in this case, he has to testify because if he doesn't testify, he has no way of bringing his point of view across. The juror is going to focus on his mental processes when he pulled the gun and shot, and they need him to say, I was afraid that I was going to be attacked, even though, of course, the, the decedent was turning and apparently walking away. Um, but on the other hand, if he testifies to that, he will be impeached. The prosecutors will ask him about uh, the prior bad acts that we just mentioned. And again, race will come in. And so the defendant in this case is in a, a, a terrible position. He has a terrible choice to make, uh, but he appear, would appear to have a very uh, tough hill to climb. And that was my less than a minute here. It, it seems as if it's, it's uh, a very difficult uphill battle for the defendant. What's his best defense? His best defense is that he was shocked uh, by because you could see the assault. The, the, the McLaughlin came out and pushed him down violently. They hit the ground, and he was not thinking clearly because he had hit the ground. And so he did what he thought at the time to be in his self-defense. And uh, whether that's reasonable or not, the jury will decide. But that's what he's got to claim is that I was stunned by this sudden attack. All right. Thanks so much, George, as always, for your insights. That's former federal prosecutor George Newhouse of Theodora Oringer.